Hello everybody, hope you're doing well. If not, reach out and I'll give you some goddamn support any way I can, because I care about you, because we should be loving each other. But yeah, so this recording isn't an episode, it's more bonus content for two reasons. It's important, it's crucial to one, understand cultural hegemony, and two, understand the Zen Marxist comprehension of the politics of the anti. So I'm going to be playing those two videos that you can find on Ryan's YouTube channel called The Zen Marxist, one word. Listen to those, listen to Politics of the Anti and then Cultural Hegemony. Two really good videos, go and check out the rest of his channel if you like that and you want more of it, which you will. I just really needed to thank every single one of our supporters personally. I just really needed to thank everybody who's been a Patreon supporters and in particular our Patreon supporters now. So the podcast started, we got the Zen Marxist on board, worked together, we've done some episodes, we interviewed some interesting people, comrades who you probably know, and we interviewed people who nobody goddamn knows, and then we heard their perspectives as the masses. That's what we're about here, but we don't just want to do it for the sake of it, we're not doing it for clout, we're not doing it for grifting. The money doesn't go in my back pocket and then I live like a goddamn kulak with everybody's Patreon money. And what we're doing is starting to save the people program. Right next to me I've got an abundance of food, countless tins. In two days time what's going to happen is, thanks to the Malcolm X movement, retreating the three-way, I in like absolute anger is like, God damn it people, anybody who's serious about base building in the UK, reach out. And I'll goddamn move <laughs> to where you live and then we'll we'll do it. A comrade actually reached out to me. He was like, yes, we need to base build. And so what's going to happen is they're going to move to Liverpool, rather. Liverpool is a good city to start from. There's a lot of reactionaries thinking that they're all goddamn socialists because they fucking support Jeremy Corbyn and think that Keir Starman's bad. That's not socialism, obviously, if you're one of them. Well, you're not one of them, otherwise you'd know better for li- from listening to this podcast. We've got Stoned as well, you've probably listened to from our episode, The Wall. They were in Cinephobia and Marxism too as a special co-host. And Ruin, who I don't think you've heard their voice, but they actually have their own podcast, which I'll link in the show notes. These two comrades are coming up in two days goddamn time to stay in my house, to eat some scouse, some stew. We're going to go out and save the people. So all this food is going to be distributed. We're going to do fresh food on a table service pretty much outside my house because outside my house is essentially the centre of my community, of my council estate with a very busy shop that everybody goes to there. So it's going to be boom size. They're going to get hundreds of people going past during our time out there. The purpose of it is to show that we are serious before question questionnaire that they received on whether they want free food or whether they can support is legit and um, we're out there we're going to be in front of everybody everybody knows everybody's going to be talking about that the other day did you see that oh my god these these people giving out free food and that isn't that nice blah 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 and then they'll say oh yes we got something through our door asking if we wanted it we didn't think it was real that's the point we want to be out there so the comrades are willing to come up, make this goddamn happen. So that's what we're going to do. But we need support, more support via Patreon. It's all going back into base building. No shit. 
We're not grifting, we're not paying our goddamn bills. Oh, please pay me so that I can pay my rent this month. Pay Shibby's rent this month. He needs so-and-so. I've got a goddamn job. I'm able-bodied. I go out and I work. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what I do. Everything else with all podcasting and all of the political activity, that's just, that's what I do in my goddamn free time. I don't have free time. Free time is when we've got communism and not a moment before then. So yeah, basically it's just a big beg for everybody to support us on Patreon. Unlike, again, a lot of podcasters, content creators, all of this fucking propagandists, whatever you want to call us, there's nobody doing anything like this in the UK. This is a unique historical event that you can be a part of. Support us, please. Again, thank you to those who do support us on Patreon. Literally makes this happen. Literally buys the food that the people are going to get, the bags that it's going to go in. You know, unfortunately, money has social capital and we need that social capital as well as just food. Without further ado, let's go into Ryan's videos. We're going to listen to the politics of the ante and then we'll go into cultural hegemony. So it's been a short one. Love yous all so very much. I'd die for yous, but I'd rather not have to and then use my life to save the people. No one can deny the impact that Marxism has had on the entire world, although many try. It has spread the surface of the planet, inspiring many movements. However, no matter how well known they are, one question still remains. Why does the working class, the largest class, not simply eat the other classes? This is the question Antonio Gramsci's theory of cultural hegemony sets out to answer. Gramsci was the founding member and leader of the Communist Party of Italy and was eventually imprisoned by Benito Mussolini's fascist regime where he died in prison after writing more than 30 notebooks and 3,000 pages of history and analysis. If we were to think of society as a pyramid, where the largest class, the proletariat, are at the bottom of the pyramid, the largest in number, but the most powerless, and the bourgeois at the top, the fewest in number, but having all of the power, you can start to see how they are able to maintain their power. This is because they currently have all of the power and wield it like a weapon to batter the lower classes into submission. This idea is what Gramsci called cultural hegemony. Gramsci defined cultural hegemony as, quote, the idea that the dominant ideology of society, the beliefs, the explanations, perceptions, values, and morals reflect that of the ruling class. The dominant ideology justifies the social, political, and economic status quo as natural, inevitable, perpetual, and beneficial for everyone, rather than an artificial social construct that benefit only the ruling class. But reading this leaves us with the question of how? Using the Marxian idea of base and superstructure, we can see that consent to the rule of the dominant group is achieved by the spread of ideologies, beliefs, assumptions and values through social institutions such as schools, churches, courts and the media among others. These institutions do the work of socializing people into these norms, values and beliefs of the dominant social group. As such, this group that controls these institutions controls the rest of society. In The Study of Philosophy, 
Gramsci discussed the role of, quote, common sense, dominant ideas about society and about our place in it in producing cultural hegemony. A good example of this would be the idea of, quote, pulling oneself up by the bootstraps. The idea that one can succeed economically if one just tries hard enough is a form of, quote, common sense that has flourished under capitalism and, in fact, serves to justify that system. The fact is that if you had to work more than one job to have a roof over your head or food on the table, you probably shouldn't have taken the job that's not paying you enough. That'd be a you problem. In other words, if one believes that all it takes to succeed is hard work and dedication, then it follows that the system of capitalism and the social structure that is organized around it is just and valid. Once you understand this idea, suddenly you will see it everywhere. From evangelical Christians making a deliberate attempt to get elected to school boards in the United States to control the curriculum of those schools, all the way to the moral system of a society. A good example of this is the doctrine of non-violence. It is only the status quo and the ruling order that benefits from the perpetuation of the philosophy of non-violence, as it works to ensure that people will not take up arms against them. I did a video on a true leftist moral system here. Another good example of this actually, and one that has been personally annoying me recently, is the idea that we can solve the issue of global warming through personal, individual lifestyle changes, and not to look at the structural, societal changes required to fix this problem. I also did a video on this. The reason hegemony is so effective at controlling the population is because it controls the hearts and minds of people. And this is far more effective than controlling their physical bodies. You cannot imprison an entire population physically, but you can imprison a population's actions through controlling their minds, culture, values, and social norms through the use of these social institutions. Steel isn't strong, boy. Flesh is stronger. Look around you. There, on the rocks, that beautiful girl. Come to me, my child. That is strength, boy. That is power. The strength and power of flesh. What is steel compared to the hand that wields it? Thoughts inform action. With no revolutionary thought, you can have no revolutionary action. This is exactly what capitalism wants. So then, in the immortal words of Lenin, what is to be done? The truth is that the internet has changed the way that cultural hegemony manifests itself forever. It provides yet another medium for the ruling elite to propagate their ideology while disguising it as not being that of their own, but instead an organic thing. If all of our society is an ideological, hegemonic social construct, then the obvious answer to this would be to create a counter-hegemony, to push back and fight against the cultural hegemony in every way possible. 
This is in part why I do these videos. I think it is a moral imperative for everyone who is aware of this social hegemony to work towards countering it. Part of this is not taking on board a bourgeois moral system. Embody the spirit of Marxism, that is, the ruthless criticism of all that exists. And when looking at the state of politics today, conclude that the old world is dying away, and the new world struggles to come forth. Now is the time of monsters. I hope you enjoyed this video, guys. Like, subscribe, leave a comment and all those good things. Peace. The Politics of the Anti A Strange Phenomenon by this I mean people of a certain political movement or party defining their positions by what they are against instead of what they are for. Like being against abortion, or against healthcare for everyone, or against a living wage, etc. This is something that angers me greatly, and it's super easy to be against something. Incredibly easy. You see something, you don't like it, grrr, I'm mad. Easy. Politics, however, is supposed to be about the best action to take, the best way to do something, what we should do, not what we are against doing. And yes, I for sure understand there is a dialectic here, and for everything you do, you are definitionally against the opposite of that thing. You can't be for a living wage without being against starvation wages, of course. But this phenomenon is not a partisan thing. It occurs everywhere. Republicans are anti-Obama, anti-tax, anti-regulation, anti-healthcare, anti-living wage, anti-abortion, anti-prison reform, anti-cutting money to police or the military, anti-vax, anti-mask. The list goes on. And the Democratic nominee for president is simply running on being anti-Trump, and that's about it. At first you might see this is not that big of an issue. Yeah, duh, people are against things. It's simple negative partisanship. Nothing new, same old, same old. And to some degree, that's true. But I see this as a symptom of a much bigger issue here, and that is capitalist realism. The idea that people's imaginations have been constricted so much that they cannot even imagine any alternative system that would work, or even the need for any other system at all. This one works great, I'm constantly being told, despite it literally cooking the planet and everyone on it like Sunday morning eggs. Mmm, sunny side up. As a society, we are lost. We have all the modern furnishings of an advanced nation, but we lack sense of collective understanding of where we are, where we are going, and why. An advanced modern cruise ship, lost at sea, with no navigation system. With the ever-closing threat of societal collapse brought about from global warming, or pandemics, or whatever fresh hell tomorrow may bring, we need to imagine the new. We cannot solve these problems with the same capital-focused thinking that got us into these problems. As the human race, I can't help but think we might be doomed, because it seems we lack self-reflection now. We continue to mess up the planet. I mean, talk about biting the hand that feeds you. We are destroying the only place we have to live. We are committing the planetary equivalent of keying your own car. Why the fuck would we do this?
Or rather, why the fuck would the 1% do this? I think we know why. Living continuously like our resources are infinite, and that the planet will infinitely take every beating we throw at it just because. From war, to global warming, and profit being placed above the importance of human life. I also have a theory that this could be one of the factors as to why no alien species wishes to contact us. I think it's very possible that any life form that becomes advanced enough to actually achieve space travel is the same thing that drives greed and eventual destruction. That all across the universe right now, you have a cycle of life forms developing and then destroying themselves with the discovery of nuclear weapons or their equivalent. Capitalist realism is destroying the planet, and capital is destroying the planet. It's obvious this system is unable to save us from these problems, otherwise it would have. Instead, it created these problems. The politics of anti really is a fitting term when applied to capitalism as a whole, when you think about it. It's a system that is ultimately anti-freedom, anti-life, anti-prosperity for the 99% of the population, anti-freedom of speech, even anti-history. With its propaganda and ideology necessitating the destruction of all competing ideologies and even historical events. How many times have you been told the reason America got into World War II was because of freedom? Infinite. The truth was America got involved because if Europe fell to Nazi rule, then Wall Street would never be able to recoup the money that they lent to Europe for the war effort. So only when it looked like the war might be lost did they intervene. And it's always been that way. Always about the money, forever capital. The great shapeshifter that bulldozes over every and all things that don't agree with it in totality. Capitalism really is the ultimate anti. Being against everything that doesn't center capital or the need to acquire more of it. The eternal boot on the face of humanity. That boot that is anti-breathing. A sentiment it shares with the New York Police Department, incidentally. But seeing as capitalism bulldozes over everything it comes into contact with, we should be looking for a way to end this system, or at least facilitate a new positive alternative when it comes to its natural end. If it doesn't end us first, of course. This is the role that theory plays for me, and it should for you also. Not only as a detailed understanding of the current system, but also as a theoretical framework for learning from previous attempts and understanding how to replace this system with something more positive should the chance arrive. So take the opportunity to read some theory, like State and Revolution, because with the way the global situation is looking currently, we might just get that chance. Like and subscribe. I love you all. Peace. There ain't a drone up in the sky that I'm afraid of Not a single pig alive that I would run away from I'm still high for death march Shout out to your pay stub And fuck your supervisor if he's a dick, homie, straight up The homie told me he been working round the vets Filipinos that they use, they promises to and left Promises that they have broken, not coaxing them with a check 
and neglected the fact they laid on a compensation bet the comrades get it popping though he said with confidence man my smoke i have a zip a day dealing with politics i said i feel you bro i wrote another and we talked about how we could get it structured by the summer said i am down a rally i i will call you family because i will take a bullet for my comrade gladly i am down a rally i, I will call you family because i will take a bullet for my comrade happily building with the comrade sharing with the comrade diddy bobbing volley with the comrade down a couple drinks with the comrade criticize the comrade take the criticism from the comrade and try and get better for my comrade solid with the comrade never ever read on any comrade i gotta stay sharp for my comrade depending on a comrade take a couple bullets for my comrade There ain't a drone up in the sky that I'm afraid of Not a single pig alive that I would run away from I'm still high for Arab Spring Shout out to your pay stub And fuck your supervisor if he's a dick Straight up She put her hand out with a standard size flyer Had a baby in her arm Other children right beside her She said she was trying to spread the word To get the message out that if they send her back to Jalisco Her kids will be without hands that'll feed a little one Literally sick of them Forcing the family to leave a home so they can profit from Told her I would say You're at the meeting after work Walk an extra lap around the block to burn what I can burn And said I am down a rally I, I will call you family Cause I will take a bullet for my comrade Gladly I am down a rally I, I will call you family Cause I will take a bullet for my comrade Happily building with the comrade Sharing with the comrade Diddy bobbing volley with the comrade Down a couple drinks with the comrade Criticize the comrade Take the criticism from the comrade And try and get better for my comrade Solid with a comrade, never ever read on any comrade. I gotta stay sharp for my comrade. Depending on a comrade, take a couple bullets for my comrade. I guess I own